so you don't miss any of the Super Bowl festivities. Man, you better pray for your kids. You're going to have to buy them new piggy banks. You're all smashing them. Give them the Boribo. God bless those kids. God bless his church. You will never know um, how much it means to me to have faithful friends like you, and I'm not trying to schmooze you up for a big offering. I just want to tell you my heart. I've often wished I could just be a normal missionary, go around and plant churches and train pastors and win souls to Jesus Christ. And when you had the resources to move, you'd move. And when you didn't, you'd kind of just go into hibernation and we get some money again and you got the resources, you go for it. You take on 2,500 kids and 500 widows, that's 3,000 mouths to feed three times every day of the year. They don't stop eating because you run out of money. And... Um, I don't say that to elicit your sympathy because, you know, it's my own fault. I did it with both eyes open. But what I want you to know is how grateful I am for faithful, plodding, consistent support. It means so much to me. Because, honestly, there are some months there isn't enough to go around, and we just have to depend on what we get from people like you. And so God bless El Monte Church. I have to ask you, uh, since I was here at convention, what was that, in June or end of, June, first of, end of May, 1st of June, for Foursquare Church, what have you guys been doing with this country? Four, four major hurricanes, right? Number of floods with that. Um, big shoot 'em up in Las, or in Las Vegas, was it? Yeah. Um, major earthquake down in Mexico. Tried to burn down Northern California in September. Then you tried to burn down Southern California. <laughs> What's going on over here? It's like all hell's broken loose. And I'm thinking, you know... It must make people wonder. You watch all these talking heads on TV, the experts. It's because God's punishing America because you allow abortion. It's because you allow same-sex marriage. It's because you elected Donald Trump or whatever, fill in the blank, you know. They've all got their reasons. How about this one? because America has done more than any other nation in the world, in the history of the world, to perpetrate the gospel throughout the world. You see, we just took communion. Jesus said, this is the New Testament in my blood. Something happened when Jesus died on that cross. There was a shift. There was a change. It wasn't just a seamless transition. There was a radical altering of the way God deals with us as human beings. And we went from law to grace, and that's a big shift. I know in the Old Testament you can find examples of God smushing people with earthquakes and such like that. I don't think he's in the killing business anymore. In fact, he tells us pretty much that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And for this reason was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of 
Who? The devil. How many of you know insurance companies lie? I, I know if you're an insurance agent here, you're an honest one, okay? But you have a hurricane or a volcano or an earthquake or something like that, they call it an act of God. That's not right. It's an act of the devil. And I tell you what, um, you say, well, you know, how do you know that? Well, look at this. Remember in uh, Mark 4, Jesus is launching his ministry, and he's just preached on one side of the Galilean Sea, and now he's going to cross over to the other, and he has a little flotilla of boats, and they get in the boats, and they're crossing the sea at night, and this huge storm comes up. He's asleep on the pillow. The boat's sinking. Guys, wake up, hey, don't you care, we're drowning. He gets up, peace, be still. He rebukes the wind, the waves stop, calm, rain more, no more rain. There's, wow, even the wind and the seas obey him. And he looked at them, he said, where's your faith? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? You know, Jesus talked about that a lot. He, he, he constantly was saying, fear not, do not be afraid. Why? Because fear is really a doorway that opens you up to allow Satan to work on you. Boy, have we seen that in Cambodia. And faith is a doorway that opens up your life for God to work. And, and one of the problems you have, you say, why are hearts so hard in America? It's because both doors are closed. They don't believe in the spirit realm at all. There's a certain immunity that comes with that, but it won't get you into heaven. And so it's a hard spot. Good thing about Cambodia is they're wide open to the spirit realm. They just want to know who's the strongest. But you know this idea that all things are going to work out great for us. You know, I came up in the faith movement. Man, we just needed to have enough faith. We could rebuke demons, cast out devils. We were bulletproof. Nothing ever bad was going to happen to us. I got some news for you. Let's cheer each other up today, okay? Poke the person next to you say, hey, everybody gets dead someday. Go ahead, cheer them up. Everybody's going to get dead someday. That make you happy? The only thing you can say certain about life is nobody gets out of it alive. Unless Jesus comes back. So what's this idea that we're going to all of a sudden, all of us get, you know, bulletproof all the way to heaven? The fact is, not everything that happens on this world is the will of God. Did you know that? There is another kingdom at work here. In fact, he is called the prince and power of the air, the God of this world. And when you realize, you know, 11 of the 12 that were good guys, and if you throw Paul in, there were 12 in the book of Acts. Every one of them died a very violent, painful death. Where was their faith? Was there something wrong with them? And they tried to cook John in a pot of oil. He's the only one that died of old age, and they, you know, tradition says he came riding out in a flesh hook. So what about that? Well, we've just finished Christmas season, and 
Everything's great. I want you to go with me to uh, Matthew uh, chapter 10. Let's take a look at what Jesus had to say about all this. This is good news, right? It's called the gospel. All right. So, what's it say? Do not think, this is Jesus talking, that I came to bring peace on earth. What? I thought it was peace on earth, goodwill towards men. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother. What? And a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law? And the man's enemies will be those of his own household? Hello? What? Is that good news? Not good news to me. But it's true. We have to be prepared to realize that not everything always works out the way we would really appreciate it to work out. We have an enemy, and he's working against us, and we need to be prepared for it. We've seen thousands and thousands of salvations every month I've been in Cambodia. People coming to Christ. And you know, when Jesus was in the carpentry shop for 30 years, he had a pretty peaceful, happy life. All of a sudden, he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he starts kicking out the money changers and giving hell to hell, and all hell breaks loose. You know, we had this, I used to preach this wrong for so many years, and probably Pastor Gary has to, I, I don't know if you've preached it wrong or not. I did. Remember when John, he's locked up in the clink, and he's beginning to have second doubts about Jesus, so he sends three of his guys over to see Jesus. Hey, are you the one, or should we look for another? Yeah, you go tell John what you've seen and heard. The dead are raised, the blind see, the lame walk, the sick are healed, and blessed is he who is not offended in me. Go back. And when they're gone, another gospel, it says that he's talking to the people about this. He says, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. No, I taught people, that means you got to be a violent Christian. you got to get aggressive. you got to go out there, grab them by the nape of the neck, and drag them out of hell into heaven. That isn't what it means. We're not violent. Shouldn't be. What are we? We're supposed to love people. Well, who's violent? The devil. What happened? Jesus gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, they're spitting on him. His own homeboys try and pitch him off a cliff. Gets called Beelzebub. They chop his cousin's head off and eventually nail him on a cross. Is that peace? You see, if you start shaking the devil's territory, if we, he's not worried about us since inside these four walls. The devil's happy to have us locked up in a church building. When he gets nervous is when you get outside and start shaking up his territory. And guess what? Once in a while, you're going to take a hit. We had a little four-foot-six-inch woman. I've probably told you this story before. Strongest apostolic gift I've ever seen. Never learned to read and write. Never been to school. Two daughters. 
out washing her clothes in the Tonlesap River. We had a boat guy who was evangelizing the cities, didn't have road access, pulls up, leads her to the Lord, and she learned to hear God. Hello. <laughs> People think, well, what do you mean, hear God? She could hear God? Yes. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Did you know you can all hear God? Sometimes there's just too much static, too much noise. We don't listen. You have the ability, if you've been born again, to hear God. She learned to connect. Now, she didn't know everything all at once. She had two daughters, and God was speaking to her. And after she'd been saved for a while, and this guy would stop every month or so to coach her a little bit, but she had no Bible training. She didn't even have a Bible because she couldn't read it. God just says, in a week, I'm coming for your older daughter. She didn't know what that meant. Kind of like the flu, a strange virus hit that island. People were just getting sick. 24 hours later, they'd be dead. And her older 12-year-old healthy daughter dies. She doesn't know what to do. Has a funeral. Buries her. We heard about it. We're cold. Man, that's bad. Her younger daughter was sick all the time. And her only question, God, you know, I, 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 I'm just really miss my daughter, and I'm greatly distressed, but I'm so pleased that she's with you, but why would you take my healthy daughter and leave me with this sick one? And the little daughter just kept getting sicker and sicker, got her diagnosed at a hospital, found out she had leukemia. An Australian group flew her to Australia for bone marrow transplant, brings her back, goes along for a few months, the bone marrow transplant doesn't work, send her back to Australia to redo it again. Bring her back the second time. And the woman brought her little daughter, I remember, at our annual meeting, I think it was in 2007. They came walking up front for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I remember laying hands on her, and she went out like it hit her with a truck. Came up speaking in tongues. She went back to that island and the daughter got sick or took her to the hospital. And the second daughter, Ruthie, died. Now here's this woman. We lead her to the Lord. If within five years of her coming to Jesus, both of her daughters are dead. That's not good advertising. Get a hold of our district supervisors. You've got to get out there and lead the funeral. This is a serious situation. There's a whole 100,000 unbelievers on that island. And we need to salvage this wreck. He goes out with a bag of rice, kneels down by the body, wrapped up in a straw mat. They couldn't even afford a coffin. And they're praying. And that little girl pops up. Whew! Everybody at that funeral, 800 people. Whoa, your God has big power. This little woman turns to that district supervisor and says, I want to know about the God that raises the dead. So the word came back, and one of our young lions, we had a youth group called the Young Lions, and they weren't just the normal youth group. They were the youth group and the youth group. These weren't the kids that wanted to swallow goldfish and sing kumbaya and skip down the tarmac. They wanted to cast out devils, raise the dead, and heal the sick. They were serious about it, and they were in there praying in the Spirit. I think there was 18 of them. And that word came in, and they said, we'll go. We had an old ambulance hearse that we couldn't license anymore because we didn't have two paramedics, and they steal that. 
from our hospital, go bopping up the island, wind up, uh, couldn't cross on the ferry with the ambulance. It was too heavy, so they had to go on foot, and it was a two-mile walk to this woman's home, and we'd built her a church home. She had 35 orphans at that point. They're going over there. They're shaman. You know what a shaman is, like a witch doctor? He had control of that island. This guy claimed he could transport himself through space and time instantaneously. You'd pay him enough money, he'd put a curse on somebody and kill him for you. And obviously he had some effect because everybody was afraid of him. Well, if we can hear God's voice, do you think the devil's people can hear his? Well, he heard from the devil, you're coming under attack. You need to get down to the ferry landing and curse these kids. So he's down there cursing these kids. They come ashore, and they're walking the two miles over to this little woman's home. He's walking behind them about 50, 100 feet, cursing them. This Tani, leader of the young lions, senses is in spirit. I'm under attack. The Lord has him look behind him. He turns around, points his finger at them. In the name of Jesus, come out. That man will tell you today that all the power left his body. So now he's following them along. Oh, these kids know the real power. These kids know the true God. Totally flips. And he won't shut up. Finally, they get over there. It's 8 o'clock at night, and Tony's trying to teach them about the God that heals the sick and raises the dead. And, and this guy's yammering away. Listen to these kids. They have real power. And so he's talking to all these people and didn't know what to do. He had a cell phone because they built the tower up there to reach the entire Great Lake. And he calls back to Phnom Penh, gets a hold of Sue and I. I don't know what to do. This guy, we cast the devil out of him. He's telling the truth. He won't shut up. Well, you better do what they did in the Bible. Just say in the name of Jesus, be silent. In the name of Jesus, shut up. And got quiet. <laughs> so Tani's looking at this, you know, all the people at the funeral, six, eight hundred people. So you see little Ruthie over there. A couple weeks ago, she was dead. Pretty healthy now. By the way, that was over 10 years ago, and she's still healthy. He said, uh, that's pretty good, wasn't it? They go, yeah, that was big power. You see the shaman over here? Hour ago, you were all afraid of him. Now he's praising our God. What do you think about that? Ah, that was really something. How many of you want a God like that? Yeah. Who is he? Well, his name is Jesus. He lived 2,000 years ago, told him about Jesus, died for all the bad stuff he'll ever do, ever have done, or ever will do in the future. And if you receive him as Lord, you don't have to recycle anymore. See, they all believe they're going to recycle. They're Buddhists. <laughs> it's kind of like asking you as Christians, how many of you haven't sinned in the last week? Nobody will raise their hand. So you ask them, how many think you're doing better this life? Nobody raises their hand. They know they've done a bunch of bad stuff. They kind of hope they are, but they're not sure. Might come back as a cockroach. <laughs> says, wouldn't it be neat if you met somebody that could do life perfect, just hop up on their back, ride through life, never have anything go wrong, and just go straight to heaven and never have to recycle anymore? Well, yeah, that's a cool idea. Where are you going to find somebody like that? Well, that's who Jesus is. So if you accept him in as director of your life, he'll take all your bad stuff away, and you can walk with him, and you can do what we did. So you want him? Yeah! Well, they all received the Lord. 
really simple. It's not hard, you know, to become a Christian. All you get is, Jesus, I believe that you came to earth and you paid a price for all my sins. You, you died and rose from the dead and you are God and I make you boss of my life. Amen. You're saved. Now we got this thing called baptism. Here's the river, let's go. You're going to identify dying to the old, be resurrected to the new, and, the, and, and you're uh, dying with sin, dying to sin with Christ and being resurrected to life in him. Oh, yeah. They go down, they baptize everybody. We don't they're generally baptize infants. They baptize little babies, old grannies, everything that moved. <laughs> Up there soaking wet. They said, now, you're all going to heaven, but you want to... Raise the dead like little Ruthie over there. Casts out devils like the shaman over there. You need the Holy Ghost. Well, who's he? Well, he's God. Well, I thought you said Jesus was God. Yeah, he's God too. Well, how many gods you got? Well, there's the Father. They said, what? That's three. No, it's one. Uh, we're a little confused. Can you kind of explain this? Well, you see, the Father, he initiates the Son of Son agrees, and the Holy Spirit empowers, and all three work together in perfect unity as one, so there are three persons in one God. Can you handle that? Well, little Ruthie is alive. That shaman is praising God. I guess if that's the way it works, okay, we'll take it. We want the Holy Ghost. Well, then ask God. Ask the Father for the Holy Ghost. So they lift up their hands, fill me with the Holy Spirit. It's like you took a machine gun. They're laying all over the ground, Raising their hands, speaking in tongues. That little four foot six inch woman got such an apostolic download. What she did in the next five, six years is just beyond description. Like two weeks later, that same fever that hit the island came and uh, was killing people that, that killed her older daughter, was killing people again. She got up early in the morning, went from one end to the other, and everybody she prayed for was instantly healed. Hundreds of people. She gets home, 8.30 at night. The monks up at the top of the mountain, two monks had died of the fever. The head monk had it. There were 15 monks. They said, you know, that little woman, they say if she, she prays for you, you'll get healed. You want me to go and get her? I think that's a good idea. Come down and get her. She goes up, prays for this monk. He's instantly healed. Every Sunday since then, three monks in the front row of the church, they rotate. They're all now believers in Jesus Christ. They don't believe they're going to recycle anymore, but they're still Buddhist monks. Now, I don't know what you do with that with your theology. <laughs> but uh, she didn't have a problem with that. But it was like everybody on that island, when they saw that happen, like you took 100,000 dominoes, lined them up, and gave them a tap, and boom, virtually everybody into the arms of Jesus started 250 church groups on an island of 100,000 people. It spread all over the country. Her daughter being raised from the dead, these hundreds of people being healed. She was sought after by every denomination that could get a hold of her to come and speak and share about the power of God. And so foreign missionaries would come out and invite her to go speak at some conference, and she'd be gone for two or three days and her husband got jealous. Why are you going off this foreigner? She'd come back two, three days later. He'd accuse her of having an affair with this guy. 
and this stuff was going on. And then she did strange things like she took the family farm and mortgaged it and used it to help people start businesses, and they'd pay her back. She'd remortgage it and help others. And then she even started a health insurance program. This is in Cambodia where she made a deal with a clinic in Phnom Penh. They'd treat any of her church members for free, and she just gave them so much money every month. That's unheard of. But she did it, and people just loved her. Last June, she disappeared. Just disappeared. Her husband announced, yeah, she'd run off with this missionary from one story was from Sri Lanka, another was from a guy from Norway and that she'd taken all the money to feed the orphans for that month, $6,000 plus, all the money from the family farm that she'd mortgaged, and she'd run off with this guy, and she was nothing but a no-good you-know-what. Boy, the snickers and the mockery we took for the next boy. You're four square, you're great apostles, nothing but a cheap. Something in my heart just, I, you know, wasn't right. About two months later, sometime late August, this husband decides he wants to marry, and he's a church member. Wants to marry another woman in the church. So he asked her, do you want to get married? She said, no, I'm not going to marry you. Your, your wife may come back. I don't know where she is. He says, she's not coming back. Well, how do you know that? Because I killed her. You see, this LCM, God would tell her where, where to dig a well on an island where you couldn't dig wells, and she'd dig a well and get water. She dug one well, and they pumped it all over town with pipes to feed the whole village. She dug a well out on her farm, and her husband, in a brutal fit of rage, pulled up her nightgown, tied it around her neck, and strangled her, carried it out, you know, like 1 o'clock in the morning, threw her in the well, caved the well in on top of her, and pushed dirt in over it. Police interrogated him. They found her body. It was badly decayed, but still recognizable. And we had a funeral. How do you fight a devil like that? I want you to go to the book of Revelation with me. Chapter 12. I always am reluctant to teach from the book of Revelation because every time I read a new book on it, I get a new slant. I don't know where your eschatology is. I don't know if you're pre-trib, post-trib, a-trib, no-trib, amillennial, premillennial, no-millennial, preterist. That doesn't matter to me. All I know is Jesus is coming back. And I know that all Scripture is good for teaching and instruction, and so this is good too, right? It's in the Bible. I don't care where you place it in history. We, we teach our people that the demons were the one-third of the angels that got cast out of heaven when Lucifer rebelled. I don't know. You've got another theory? Go for it. But that's what we're teaching our people, and it comes out of this. And I want to read it to you. Just uh, start there, right, with the ninth verse. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. Any questions on who the dragon is? Who deceives the whole world? Hello. You know how he does that? 
You know his biggest deception? Telling you you're not worthy. You see, we are the body of Christ. We say that. What do you think that means? The only Jesus that the world is going to see is the one we represent. Jesus is not physically here anymore. Hello? He lives through you by the power of his spirit. And if you don't do the work that Jesus did, it won't get done. You say, well, I'm disqualified. Who told you that? The devil. No, I hear it all the time. I know what I did last week, and because I did that, I can't. Well, listen. It isn't your sins that disqualify you. You know what it is? Where is your faith? You say, I can sin and serve Jesus? Well, you do. I had a woman come up to me one time and say, pray I don't sin anymore. I said, well, I pray you die. No, I didn't want you to pray that. Well, I said, then don't plan on not sinning ever again. Well, I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin either. But we, our meat sacks still do it, but your soul and spirit are dead with Christ. So get over yourself, repent, confess, and move on. Now, don't let the devil put you on the bench. Get out on the field and play. You don't have to be a theologian. Be healed. Flu be cursed. Die. In Jesus' name. But look at this. Who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Now you know where the demons came from, okay? Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And, one, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Listen, there's no other way in to this club. You aren't going to get in by being good. You aren't going to get in by your lack of sin. You're only going to get in by the blood of Jesus. And if you're here and you're beating yourself up, take a bloodbath. I'm serious. Accept him. He'll take it all. Past, present, and future. If you don't go through step one, forget about step two and three. Now, once you've been washed by the blood, then what's the next thing? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Oh, what's your testimony? Well, I was a sinner boy, and I went to a Baptist church in 1983, and I walked up the altar, and I received Jesus. That's your testimony? No, your testimony is what's your life stand for? Who are you? I like the testimony they wrote about Jesus in Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. You all have a name? Everybody say your name out loud. Tad, come on, hear me. Let me hear your name. Say your name out loud. All right. I want you to get ready to say it. When I lift my hand, say your name out loud, okay? How God anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with me, you. Huh? Hello? Bible says, as he was, so are we in this world. It's it's time to start acting like it. And then the last thing. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Devil, shoot your best shot. I am the least worried about going to heaven. I mean, if I got dead today, right now, if somebody shoot me in the head, I'd be happy. Ah, you say, you're just crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I'm looking forward to it. Just not trying to speed up the process. I'm the only guy on the airplane when it hits turbulence that says, yes, this is it, quick and easy. <laughs> then the darn thing levels out and they got to go back and feed kids. <laughs> In closing, I want to show you a little video about this Apostle El Sim. Probably led over 200,000 people to Christ raised the dead, healed the sick, did every miracle in the book of Acts. A woman that was totally disqualified. Not only was she only four foot six inches high, she never had an education. She was so short, she had to stand on God's shoulders. But I want you to watch this, and I'm going to give you a little commentary. That's El Sim in the pink and her little daughter who was raised from the dead on her right. You're right. That's the district supervisor that prayed with her to raise her daughter, baptizing some of her new believers. You'll see her, she's always basically the shortest one in the pink next to her daughter. She learned to study with these proclaimers. It's an audible Bible that plays with solar power. It's one of the wells she dug. In fact, that's the one she was thrown down. When I am down and oh my soul so Thousands of people. She'd cast out spirits, would see her 50 feet away, they'd start to scream, come out of people. She had 65 kids in the orphan home. She instantly healed Pastor Glenn Burris, our president, of a ruptured artery. It was going to kill him. She is in the pink. 
Pastor Julius Bagaya from Kenya came to see her. Pastors 5,000 churches. Oftentimes she wouldn't touch people. She'd just hold out her hands, speak the word of God. She was constantly setting people free from demonic oppression. Cut these strings off called saigatas. There's two dentists from Iowa with her. They raised most of their food. There's one of those proclaimers. She gave them to all the pastors on her churches and on the island. She's cutting off these strings that hold the old incantations for the demon spirits. Giving out the proclaimers to her church leaders. All over the island, people respected her. Burned the idols that they had. People got set free. died, it was a bigger blow to me, I think, than if I'd lost one of my own children. We thought we'd never recover. The Bible says that unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Since her death, those that she's set free and raised up are now taking gospel message that she proclaimed and are carrying it all over Cambodia. Thousands of people came out for her funeral. They were lined up all around the building. They only let the immediate family inside. And they buried her next to her 12-year-old daughter. Now she rests with the Lord. Why were you so afraid? Where is your faith? isn't it? Little lady like that, that can touch thousands. And I would say to every one of you, again, this is a year of outreach, where we reach out of ourselves and allow Christ to be intimate, to be the very thing that we are. Shame has no place in our life. Shame has no place in our life. 
And I want, I want you to recognize <clears throat> what you heard is the heart of a pastor and the heart of an apostolic leader that saw someone in his ministry rise up and do amazing things because of her obedience and love for her God and her understanding of how God has transformed her life. Little four foot, six inch woman was able to do what she did. The tragic ending is not an end. It is where God can take the memory of a true testimony that's not about self, but about the Lord Jesus Christ and literally light a fire and many of who she was can begin to move out and do greater things. Pastor Ted, what an amazing story that you have and it's continued. But I want to say to you at Valley, we are so proud to be able to help you do what God's called you to do. I know that you are reaching out to extend, to expand, to do even more. And I know when you talk about the mouths to feed, the times that you lay awake at night talking to the Lord, God, our rice field has been destroyed. We need a new rice field. We need to plant more. We need to do this. God has always come and done what He's asked, what you've asked. You are expanding what, what God is doing. You are implementing where, where many more will be released into ministry. And because of that, you have proclaimed to the world a certain number. Was that 1.5 million? 1.5 million? And uh, the moment I heard that, I wrote a check. Not to say how wonderful I am, but I, because I believe in what you're doing. And I know you have someone that will match funds. And so you are moving into that realm. And what we want to do at Valley, we want to help you. We want to receive an offering. You saw these children. Many of them weren't here today, but they were able to see you. And they were able to see what they, they gave to. And uh, you saw what they gave. And this is a, a church that they have become extravagant givers. And so I'm going to ask as the ushers go ahead and come on forward. In conclusion, I want to say to every one of you, be healed in Jesus' name. Begin to walk in that anointing and lay hands on the sick. They would recover. To the Spanish church, those that lead the Spanish church that are here this morning, I want you to begin to move in such a realm of knowing that God's anointing you for something huge and great. To not just touch the Spanish church here in this area, but to reach out to the world. Dream big to the English church. Dream big 
Allow God to do immense things through you. When you walk into your home, after you leave here, dream big. Begin to plant that seed of that word that it may grow. Because what will happen is someone like this that we just watched, this beautiful, beautiful woman who rose up and did what God asked her to do. It's the same God that anointed her. Same God that lighted on Jesus. It's the same God that's anointed Pastor Ted. Changed the nation. You can change your home, you can change your city, you can change your state, you can change your nation, you can change your world. If you would just believe what God did, it's something great. We're gonna receive an offering, and what we're gonna ask you to do uh, we're going to ask you so that you would uh, receive uh, your, your tax break or whatever it may be. If you'd write your check to this offering, full 100% uh, is going to go to this ministry. It is going to bring us into a realm of seeing greater things. We are a part of what you saw. We are a part from very far away. We are a part of what you saw. We are a part of Pastor Ted and Sue's ministry. Don't you ever go home and say, you know, why would God use me because I'm so... That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's the kingdom of hell trying to stop you from attaining everything God's called you to. Hallelujah. I just sense I need to just, as we pray for this offering, that I need to pray for a release as the pastor of this church, a release of new ministry that God has started today because of the faith that has risen from the word from this man. Will you receive that today? Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I first thank you for the man of God that you've anointed, Pastor Ted and his wife Sue, for his team, for all that gather around him and have the same vision. I pray, Lord, in some of the times that a pastor can feel loneliness, a pastor can feel like it, it is, it's there and I trust you God but you feel all alone Lord I proclaim in Jesus name that in the next week that you would show Pastor Ted how far of a truth that, that is far from truth that statement is that he's not alone that you were there you were guiding him and directing him you are using him in a unique way. And then there's more. There's more for the man of God. There's more for the apostolic leader you've appointed. From his children to his children's children. Lord, that there is a, of the sacrifice and the time of being away from his kids all these years that you, you restore, you, you will absolutely implement into their lives, understanding and revelation 
of the anointing of their father and their grandfather. That they would see the truth of what it means to be obedient to God. That you came first in his life, even though he loved his family so much. And I thank you, Lord, that that is done. Now I pray for this congregation. I pray for my church family in Jesus' name. Recognize your call. Recognize what God is doing in your life. Recognize that there's a new thing. There's, there's We say a lot of times new season, but God, it, it is more than just a new season. It is your plan. It is your purpose that this church absolutely moves into a realm that we've never seen before. I come against demonic work. I come against demonic things that have tried to destroy and stop and hinder each individual, each business, each, each home. And in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that is done. Devil, you have no place in our lives. We will not listen to your lies. We are not ashamed. We walk in faith. As we receive this offering, let it absolutely overwhelm our Pastor Ted, that he is loved and he's never alone. And we pray this in Jesus' name. God bless you as you give.